0: Locals know the STN Sports app is the most trusted sports betting app in Nevada. They have convenient sign-up locations across Las Vegas. So download the STN Sports app today. Download and get a bonus up to $500 when you sign up at any of our convenient locations. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for Vegas Nation and Blue Wire Network.
1: Vegas Nation sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app and get a bonus up to $500 when you sign up.
0: You're listening to Vegas Nation. Time to get it started with First and Ten with Vinny Bonsignor and Sam Gordon.
1: Good Raider Nation. Welcome back to Vegas Nation First and Ten, your weekly go-to for Raider news and analysis. Um, And obviously uh, trying to uh, keep you strapped in on the roller coaster ride (laughs) that the Raiders uh, put you on uh, week in and week out, but uh, it's gotten you to three, and know, I know that there were some hairy moments uh, all three weeks, including Sunday at Allegheny Stadium against the Miami Dolphins, but they survived. You survived. And here we are to talk about it. Uh, before I bring in uh, my good friend and co-host Sam Gordon, just want to let you know uh, that First and Ten is sponsored by Station Casinos, S T N Sports, and presented by Blue Wire and TickPick, uh, and obviously everything all goes through the Las Vegas Review Journal. Uh, just a reminder, um, you can listen to us, watch us. Uh, read us, look at photos and videos and all that good stuff uh, just by downloading our app, Vegas Nation, uh, or going uh, online to VegasNation.com. Uh, we got you covered from one inch of the field uh, to the other. And without further ado, I want to welcome in Sam Gordon. Sam, have you survived what happened uh, yesterday at Allegiant Stadium? I have,
2: and he I, I have. I have. A little bit of bonus football, a lot of back and forth, a uh, lot of back and forth, about a zillion angles, uh, between us as a collective, as we tried to, you know, sort out what we we're going to write about with all the highs and lows and ups and downs of the game. Uh, but like you said, right? Raiders are three and zero for the first time since two thousand two. Uh, wasn't always pretty, but they find a way uh, against a, uh, a very well coached Miami Dolphins team that won double digit games uh, last season. So three and O is three and O, and that up, sets up a tremendous prime time matchup against a very good char- chargers team on Monday night football next week.
1: Yeah, it does. And, um, I think that there's a, uh, a, a lot of, um, great things to talk about. Uh, there's some, there's some areas that the Raiders need to clean up. Uh, no, com- no, no, no doubt about it. Um, but there's some, some real positives that are, uh, you know, an indication uh, that this is all headed in the, in the right direction. Um, you know, I think that when you look at how Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards, uh, the two young wide receivers, have been able to sp- step up specifically in crunch time situations, uh, they're developing into go-to targets now uh, for for um, Derek Carr, joining Hunter Renfro, joining obviously Darren uh, um, Darren Waller. Uh, but some of the numbers that they're putting up together in in the fourth quarters of games and in overtime uh, of games is is really important. It's just showing a, a trust level between Derek Carr and, and and his two young wide receivers that I think are, are only going to build. Um, I think defensively, the Raiders are are most certainly headed in the right direction. The safety by Casey Hayward yesterday kind of ignited things or got things settled down after the Raiders fell down uh, 14 uh, to nothing. I felt like they they found a little bit of a running game yesterday uh, with Peyton Barber. I think he went over 100 yards uh, for the game. Uh, It didn't look good early on, uh, but they got things together um, and, and were able to you know, take care of a little business. And obviously Derek Carr uh, continues to play at a high level. There were a couple of hiccups, um, you know, a, a pick six interception. He takes the blame for it. Foster Moreau and he just weren't on the same page. Uh, Derek Carr guessed, guessed wrong and went back for seven points. I think that kind of changed momentum there uh, early on. And the Raiders had to wrestle that back, but they did. There's also the mishap on the, on the snap from Andre James. Uh, that cost him a bunch of yards and, and a scoring opportunity. Uh, so things to clean up, but Sam, some some real positives as well.
2: Yeah, no question, Vinny. No question about that. And I think, um, like you said, Derek Carr, I mean, for the third consecutive week. Now he had, like you said, there was help from a running game. Peyton Barber, 23 carries, 111 yards. And we'll get to that in a minute. But Derek Carr, like you said, continues to be uh, Played at an MVP caliber level. And I know it's early and those discussions are a little premature. And I understand that. But he's the only quarterback in the league so far this year to eclipse 300 passing yards in every single game. And every game in the fourth quarter in crunch time, he's making huge, huge throws in massive situations. Like, you cannot um, overstate that. that. He has been so clutch this year uh, in a number of big spots. He was obviously uh, again yesterday. Um, like you said, this receiving core now, it, you have a number of different kinds of Targets. You have Darren Waller who can do a little bit of everything. Brian Edwards, possession and down the field. Henry Ruggs, obviously with his speed. And I thought the Raiders were pretty creative in, in how they got him to ball yesterday. Any motion, motioning him, uh, getting him going with a running start, really freeing him up, getting him in space. Uh, really liked how they've been using him so far this year. Then Hunter Renfro is the technician um, underneath, and obviously also could get down the field as well. But. Receiving core is so balanced. I thought yesterday, specifically the offensive line, there were some struggles, especially early on. But I thought that group played better as the game wore on. And then obviously Derek Carr got a better feel for what kind of time he was going to have in a pocket. Uh, and then like you touched on it, the defense. I mean, this continues to be a hallmark of his team. I mean, again, I know it's early three games, but defense has made big plays um, all, all three weeks. So I, I think for Raiders fans, there has to be a lot to like. Um, so far, like you said, plenty to clean up, but there's been a number of positives I think for Raiders fans in all three games that are,
1: are have been pretty consistent. Are you worried? Um, two out of the three games so far, um, the Raiders have fallen down fourteen to nothing. Uh, that's that's not sustainable. Uh, it's going to catch them at some point uh, if they follow suit uh, at any time, and it could be very well be this week against San Diego Char- or the San Diego Chargers, the Los Angeles Chargers, uh, over at so- SoFi Stadium on Monday night. But these slow starts—it's a great sign, obviously, that they're able to battle back and win games in spite of the slow starts. Uh, but that's something that the, that the Raiders need to get rectified. What do, what do they need to do?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, that is a really, really good question. I think both both slow starts—I mean, it's both been obviously on the offensive side of the ball with a turnover, you know, triggering the the one the slow start yesterday, and, and then just some, you know just some misfiring um, in week one. I, it's that's a great question, Vinny. It's I, I think. It's you know it's interesting. Both of these slow starts have happened at Allegiant Stadium, where there's a ton of energy in the crowd, uh, a great atmosphere on hand. Maybe it's a thing where the Raiders just have to kind of settle down a little bit early. What do you think the specifics have been that have really plagued their slow starts?
1: Well, I think in the in, in game one, yes, I think atmosphere played a little bit of a role. Uh, I think the Raiders were a little bit hyped up. Uh, Derek Carr was really hyped up uh, to start that game, and you know he was you know maybe forcing things a little bit to to Darren Waller, trying to make some big plays you know obviously he's a go-to guy but you know there's a balance there uh, that that you have to really respect um and, and acknowledge and i think um you know once he got away from that uh, things settled down offensively and i think that you know yesterday um against the dolphins I, you know I, I think the the um you know the miscommunication on the pick 6 uh, also the snap that went over his head and and all all first quarter at least that snap exchange on the uh, on the on the shotgun um, uh, transition was was just erratic to say yeah, the least, yeah. and I think it kept throwing things off in terms of uh, rhythm. And then obviously you saw what happened when it sailed over Derek Carr's head. It was a you know almost a catastrophic type of a situation. Uh, but it's just cleaning things up coming out. Um, You're know, playing cleaner football, I think, uh, early on, especially offensively. Um, and, you know, when you look at the defense yesterday, yeah, they gave up, well, they gave up seven points of those 14 points. One of them was a, a pick six uh, that you credit to the uh, Dolphins' defense. But aside from that, the Raiders' defense has done a good job, actually, of you know, holding down the fort, that seventh point, the, the other touchdown was really the result of the Raiders giving um, you know, Miami, a short field going for it on a fourth and one that they couldn't yep. come up with. Um, you know, and all of a sudden the dolphins are, are, are in business on the Raider side of the field. So at, at the very least, if you're going to take anything good from the slow starts, it's that the defense has done a pretty good job of kind of hanging in there and stabilizing things.
2: Yeah. If, I mean, four straight possessions, um, actually five straight possessions, if you include the safety, five straight possessions, the Raiders prevent Miami from scoring points after spotting them 14 to start the game. So that's huge, right? Like in years past, as we know, I mean, for, for seemingly the last decade and some change, that you, you couldn't say that about a Raiders defense. But this this unit, now we have three games worth of evidence, Vinny. We're almost 20% through the season. So we have, a, you know, we're developing more of a hardy sample size. And again, you know, this year is, a, of course, a different thing, but all three Teams the Raiders have beaten reached uh, won at least ten games last year. First time in NFL history that a team is open three and zero with wins all over teams that won ten plus games the year before. So uh, now you have three games where this defense has been really active, making plays, uh, stopping drives, and giving that offense as many opportunities as possible. So that's I think that that's going to be a, a sustainable component moving forward. I think that the, the way this defense is able to play, the pass rush is legit. We've seen that all three weeks now. And the Raiders have to kind of just develop the knack for 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 making big plays on third downs and getting, getting opposing teams off the field. So I think that's something the offense has been able to lean on up to this point, knowing that, hey, there's not pressure every single time to get seven points, that there is a little bit of leeway. I think that takes pressure off the team as the game uh, as games roll on and move forward.
1: Yeah. And, um, you know, uh, 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 our friend Jimmy Durkin uh, over at The Athletic uh, brought up a good stat. Um, you know, when you're talking about those young wide receivers, uh, Henry Ruggs and, and and Brian Edwards, uh, they're one and two, with Brian Edwards being number one in past reception yards in the fourth quarter and in overtime. Um, so kind of a sign that they're they're coming alive late in games. Now, it's a little bit deceiving. The Raiders have played two two um overtime games, uh, so obviously um they're gonna be in a better position to have stats in overtime because they played two of them. However, um, you know, it brings up, it does, it does show that in crunch time, um, you know, Derek Carr has no problems whatsoever of getting the ball to his two young wide receivers. And I, you know, I'm wondering if there's a way maybe for that to start happening earlier, especially when it relates to, uh, Brian Edwards, uh, his two best performances really, um, you know, were in overtime. Uh, yeah. over time this week uh, against the Dolphins and then two weeks ago against the Baltimore Ravens. Um, you wonder, okay, well, um, obviously he can get it done. Um, what's the issue in not getting him the ball a little bit earlier in games?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. It feels like, I mean, when they've needed to, it feels like they can get him open, you know, somewhere between 15 and 25 yards down the field. And that's what exactly what they've done. You know, they did that yesterday. They did that in, in week one in the opener. Um, so they're, they, there are plays that they have clearly that that free him up. Uh, like you said, it feels like he's the kind of guy that they can incorporate earlier on with that big, with that big play potential, with that frame, and you know, even in some red zone situations. But, uh, the fact that, you know, I think it's a credit to his maturity too as a player that, you know, even as a young player, hey, the ball's not coming his way early. He stays engaged, he remains focused, and knows that there might be a play for him to be made at the end of the game. And obviously he did that um, yesterday, you know, against, against the Dolphins. So I think, I think as the season wears on and, and there's just, as that chemistry continues to improve, you're going to probably see the Raiders trying to scheme up some more stuff to get him involved early. But he's been, he's been huge. Like you said, Ruggs has been huge. Uh, and it just kind of speaks to how complete that, that receiving core is in general of uh, I want to touch on something we, we talked about a little bit earlier at the top of the pod, um, Peyton Barber, 111 yards, 23 carries, 4.8 yards a pop, a touchdown. What kind of role do you feel like he played in the victory yesterday? Because it was a slow start for him too, but I thought as the game wore on, that running game was super effective. It really helped the Raiders find some balance of what they wanted to do. What did you think?
1: Yeah, uh, no doubt about it. And um, he responded, and you know, I I, I asked uh, Derek Carr about that um, in the in the interview room after the game about how because you know Derek likes to talk about how the NFL could be a crazy business. Well. Peyton Barber wasn't even in the building until what late in training camp, if that, um, you know, and they, 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 they bringing it, bring him in, um, late in the, late in the process. And, you know, Derek's like saying, you know, we're out there, you know, thankfully you got everyone at every level of the offense being able to kind of walk Peyton through it, like in real time, like this is where you need to be. This is where this play is going. This is where you need to line up type of thing. Um, and yet in spite of that, you know, he's been able to respond and and he, you kind of saw a little bit of it toward the end of the Pittsburgh Steelers game uh, where he broke off a couple of runs that were uh, important in terms of clock management. And then yesterday um, just felt like the offense started um, really leaning in his direction in uh, both run and, and some passes. And he definitely responded and, you know, It's a situation where the Raiders had to have it. You know, uh, they probably don't win that game without that contribution. Um, And so, you know, moving forward, we'll see. I mean, obviously, the Raiders want Josh Jacobs back. Um, You know, he practiced a little bit last week. So we'll see if he's ready to go uh, on Monday night against the Chargers. I think the Raiders absolutely need their star uh, running back. Um, But it's nice to know that there's a guy like Peyton Barber uh, who the Raiders were able to, you know, shrewdly go get. And be able to rely on uh, um, Sam in order to to win a football game.
2: Yeah, for sure. And, and to me, Vinny, like just kind of the game plan yesterday, the way that they used him, the balance they had in the offense. I mean, we. I mean, I know it's you know it just a couple weeks ago, but the Raiders had no running game to speak of uh, the, the first couple weeks. I mean, it was it it just wasn't super effective. It wasn't a factor. So to have that kind of balance. In a game like this, against a defense like this, Brian Flores, one of the best coaches, um, one of the best young coaches in the NFL, proven that already during his time in Miami, uh, and especially on the defensive side of the ball. Miami's been very, very stout, Vinny, and with Peyton Barber, with that added dynamic, the Raiders paying 497 yards of total offense on Miami. Again, overtime, obviously, in play, so stats a little bit. But to me, like once, you know, if, if this running game continues, um, to evolve as that offensive line matures, as Josh Jacobs gets healthy, uh, as there's more cohesion with Derek Carr and as this offense continues to take form, like having that kind of balance. I mean, this was a top 10 offensive unit last year, but I think we've seen so far in the early goings with the, the level Derek Carr's is playing with the emergency young receivers. Now with this element of a running game, this this offense has a potential to be even better than that throughout the course of this year. So I think. Um, it's it, like you said, it's, it's crucial to kind of have that balance and, and Peyton Barber playing that role. And it's, as Jacobs gets healthy, I expect this offense to only be, you know, that much more dynamic and, and better in certain spots. We are joined by Chuck Esposito, the director of race and sports for Station Casinos. Chuck joins us every week to talk about the Raiders, the betting, Vegas betting landscape, and all things sports. And this particular week, uh, no different, another crazy, crazy week in the NFL, not just here, Chuck, at Allegiant Stadium, where I can only imagine what you went through Uh, as a bookmaker with all the ups and downs with that particular game, but all across the NFL. But first things first, Chuck, walk me through that experience, the the Raider Miami game, back and forth, back and forth, resulting in a Raiders 31-28 victory. What was that like for you? What was the atmosphere like? I had the book yesterday. How did that go?
3: I had to keep checking my blood pressure, Sam. (laughs) It was was crazy. I mean, there was a lot of sweat going on from, from our side of the counter. And of course, you know, Raider fans, but we didn't want them to cover the number and early, you know, Denver or uh, Miami gets out to that 14, nothing lead. And we knew though, with the safety and the way, the way the game was kind of scoping out that, Hey, the Raiders are going to be in this and they're going to have a chance to win and probably cover and they're covering late. And then you get that pass interference and you're on the one yard line. And it took a kind of a bizarre fourth down play with where it kind of broke down and Jacobi Bursett had to put a move on to get into the end zone and score there was tremendous hooting and hollering back here and very quietness in the book. Um, then they make the two point conversion and we're afraid the Raiders could win the game in overtime. But like I said, I was checking my blood pressure frequently and um, the, the emotions and the sweat and, and the stress were probably one of the biggest swings that in, in my history in the industry I've seen. And it's like the nights when, you know, when the Raiders are relevant and they're good and they're three, and zero. The public is even going to back them more. And, you know, Sam, really quick, they are the only team in the history of the NFL to ever start a season three and oh by beating three teams that won 10 or more games the previous year. So they're pretty, you know, relevant right now. And at three and oh and a big Monday night game coming up against uh, the Los Angeles Chargers, uh, the public is backing them, not just with their hearts,
2: but with their dollars, what kind of early handle, Chuck, with that said, what kind of early handle um, have you guys been getting for that game? And is that 3-0 and start enough, Chuck? Like you said, three wins over teams that won double-digit games last year. Is that, enough of a, is that strong enough of a start for you to become a believer in, in the Raiders as a possible playoff team and maybe even beyond that?
3: Yeah, I think so at this point. This is a major test for them, Sam. Yep. Um, we talked about it on last week's podcast that, you know, they had to take care of business at home. They only won two games at Allegiant last year. They, they're now 2-0, and so they equaled that total. But this Charger team can play. I mean, they're good defensively. They've got a young quarterback in Justin Herbert. A lot of weapons on the offensive side with Allen and Williams and Eckler. Um, and they're the underdog in this game, the Raiders. So, I mean, they this is a game that, you know, is going to be a tough task for them. I think you'll see good handle on this game. My guess is we'll probably need the Chargers by the time this game kicks off. It's just early. The number's been up for you know several hours right now, so nothing kind of to push it one way or another. Um, but being on Monday night football and in the Chargers' new stadium, their second game there this year in yep. SoFi,
2: um, I think it's going to generate a tremendous handle. Absolutely, Chuck, and it, it makes sense given the, the standalone nature of the game and how well the two teams are playing. Speaking of the Chargers, they go into Kansas City as the underdog and just beat the Chiefs outright with a with an incredible fourth quarter, which, which leads me to ask it's two losses in a row for the chiefs. Is there any concern yet About that defense? It little, seems to be a little shaky. What do you make of the chiefs so far? Is there any early concern with Kansas city as they look to get back to the super bowl?
3: I think there has to be just a touch. I mean, it's very, very early. They do play Buffalo week five and you know, they happen to win this week against Philadelphia and and they're able to beat Buffalo that week. And they're three and two. Everything's kind of changed, you know. Um, right now, I think Buffalo is the team to beat in the AFC. I'm a little bit concerned with their defense. And don't forget, they took kind of a, you know, a muff dropped punt by the by the Kansas, by the the Cleveland punter. Um, they could be potentially 0-3 yeah. at this point. So it's the first time again since 2017. They've been below 500. They play in a division that the Chargers are really good. And both Denver and the Raiders are undefeated at 3-0. and So maybe just a little concern with that defense right now. And that offense just doesn't seem to be quite as dynamic. They're really good. Don't take anything away from Patrick Mahomes and, and Hill and Kelsey. Um, but I'm just a little concerned at this point. Um, they do go to Philly this week. Andy Reid goes home uh, to play the Eagles. Uh, so we'll see how it shakes out. But I think that week five game for the chiefs against the bills is kind of going to be a statement game for them to see who the best team in the AFC is early
2: in the season. Rematch. Of course, the AFC championship game want to shift gears real quick, touch on some NFC stuff. Uh, A couple major, major marquee matchups in the NFC yesterday. The Rams pretty, pretty dominant victory over Tampa Bay 34, 24 Matt Stafford continues to play well. Uh, and then Green Bay going into San Francisco, Aaron Rodgers, manufacturing his heroics at the buzzer to secure a victory for Green Bay. What's, which of those two victories for you, Chuck, was more impressive? Was it Green Bay on the road against the 49ers, or was it the Rams at home against Tampa Bay? It was the Rams at home for me, Sam. I, I think
3: it was kind of a, a statement game for the Rams. I think it easily could be the um, NFC you know, title game, and this could just be a preview. Um, the Rams offense has shown to be really good this year. I mean, the fact that you got Deshaun Jackson out to take the top off and Cooper Cuff's having a great year. And uh, you look at guys like, you know, Robert Woods and Van Jefferson and Higby. They've got some talent there. And you look at the cast around Matt Stafford with a Super Bowl caliber defense, even though they haven't played great defensively. I think that's a statement game. And, and for us right now on our future book board, the favorite is no
2: longer Tampa or the Chiefs. It is the Los Angeles Rams. Mm. Mm. Hard to argue with that after seeing that 3-0 start. We know that they have it on the defensive side of the ball. And Matthew Stafford making a seamless transition into his new home. Chuck, before we get out of here, when you look at this next week's slate of games, of course, a number of compelling matchups highlighted by by Tampa Bay uh, going to New England, Tom Brady's homecoming in prime time on Sunday Night Football. But beyond that, is there any game, any matchup, outside of the Monday night game, outside of the prime time game that intrigues you the most? Anything in particular that we're looking at that, that could be interesting?
3: Yeah, I think there's really two games that that jump out to me, Sam, and they're, they're the early week four matchups in the NFC West. We talked about that division on an on earlier podcast being maybe the toughest in football. You've got Arizona 3-0 traveling to the Rams, and you've got Seattle traveling to San Francisco. I think it's a, you know early week four, but you're going to see maybe who are the two best teams in that division? Can Seattle bounce back after two straight losses? How will San Francisco take a heartbreaking loss? And can this Ram team get back up against a Cardinal team that has averaged over 400 yards of offense through three weeks? They're an fun team to watch offensively. We know they've got some issues on the defensive side of the ball, but man, watching Kyler Murray and that offense against
2: the Rams on Sunday, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Absolutely, Chuck. NFC West, of course, figured to be one of the best Uh, Best divisions of football, definitely contenders in that division. Also, the AFC West leading the NFL right now with nine wins. That was Chuck Esposito, director of race and sports for Station Casinos. Chuck, we appreciate the knowledge, the expertise every single week. Of course, you know, some unpredictable stuff's going to happen again in week four. Cannot wait to break it all down with you next week. Enjoy the games. Enjoy the rest of your week.
3: Thanks, Sam. It should be a lot of fun. And I know next week we'll be talking prior to the Raiders Chargers big Monday night game.
0: Locals know the SCN Sports app is the most trusted sports betting app in Nevada. They have convenient sign-up locations across Las Vegas. So download the SCN Sports app today. Download and get a bonus up to $500 when you sign up at any of our convenient locations. Raiders football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Raiders tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. We know Raider Nation is psyched about the games taking place at Allegiant Stadium this year, and on the road. Raider Nation is everywhere, so TickPick has you covered. Make sure to check it out, visit tickpick.com/slash/VegasNation and use the promo code VegasNation to save ten dollars on your first order of Raiders tickets.
1: Getting back, by the way, to, to Henry Ruggs, uh, it's really um, interesting to see him kind of developing and, and growing wings right now um, as the football player, not just the uh, speedster, but the football player that the Raiders really envisioned uh, when the, when they drafted him, and um, you know. I, I give John Gruden uh, and the staff a lot of credit and Henry Ruggs, obviously for the, all the hard work that he's put in. Um, but it, you know, we've talked about this all the time, Sam, not everybody's timeline is the same. Um, everybody has a different clock uh, when it comes to, you know, arrival time. Um, you know, I don't care if you're talking about major league baseball, professional football, the NBA um, it's, it's just a varying process. And you know, I think the Raiders always understood and you got to give teams credit for this uh, sometimes to have the, um, you know, the nerve to say, hey, look, we're taking a guy at 12 who we understand there's a development aspect um, here. You know, everyone kind of assumes that, you know, if you're if you're taking at that point in the draft, well, it's instant stardom, it's instant production, it's instant um, gratification and you have to play well now or else, well, I'll tell you what, um, uh, we might be talking about you, uh, in, in a, in a bust kind of a situation. And, you know, that's, that's like the, um, opposite of what draft and development is all about. It doesn't matter where you're drafted necessarily. Um, you know, it's, it's always about, what this player is going to do for you um, over the course of time. And the Raiders saw Henry Ruggs as a player that had a, a skill set that you just can't teach. It's it's not everybody has the kind of speed and athleticism that a Henry Ruggs has. And they understood that there were some aspects of uh, the wide receiver position that he was going to have to work on and, and develop and get a little bit stronger Uh, But eventually they felt like they were going to have a superstar caliber player uh, and lethal kind of a weapon at the wide receiver position. It was just going to take a little bit of time. Um, And, you know, as you as you start looking at what Henry's doing now, he's literally in real time. Blossoming into the player that the Raiders envisioned. Yeah, he
2: certainly is, Vinny. And what I've been impressed with is, we knew about the speed. We we saw the speed last year. We understand that there was room for improvement, like you said, getting a little stronger, refining some of his route running. But what I've been super impressed by, and what we saw, even at, we saw glimpses of it last year, is this guy. He's not the biggest guy in the world. You know, listed at six feet one ninety, but his ball skills for that size are super impressive. I mean, there was a play yesterday, Vinny, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. He elevates right over Xavier Howard and goes up and, you know, probably jumps three feet in the air and makes a play over one of the best corners in the league. And, and then a couple, you know, a couple of sequences later, there's a, a play on the sideline where, where he jumps uh, and contorts his body, secures the catch, t- toe taps his feet in the sideline for another, you know, big play and chunk gain. So uh, he's, he's proving definitely to be more than a speedster. Like you said, yeah. Just because Justin Jefferson's doing this year one doesn't mean Henry Ruggs isn't going to get there at his own time. And that's not to say Henry Ruggs, you know, that we're like, you know, there's different players, different situations. We understand that. But you're seeing, like you said, Ruggs kind of start to evolve and, and find his potential. And we're also seeing the Raiders find creative ways to get him the ball and understand. Um, understand how to tap into those improvements so it's twofold and i've been really impressed with his growth and development and you know again i I think it's just as he continues to emerge you're seeing the raiders have one of the you know the more complete kind of receiving cores that the league has with just different kinds of players that are able to do different kinds of things
1: nine catches uh 191 yards over the last two weeks um his uh per yard reception um Uh, has been uh, 23 in the first game, 22.6 in the second game, 19.5 yesterday against the Dolphins. Uh, So uh, big impact uh, type plays that um, are starting to be noticed and starting to be uh, impactful uh, to what the Raiders are are doing. And and I, I fully expect that uh, to continue, he's got 5, 12, uh, 19 targets uh, through the first three games. Sam, if maybe you could do the math on that. I think he had 43 targets uh, all last year. I'm going to double check that real quick. Um, hang on. Well, yeah, he had 43 targets all last year. He's got 19 through the first three games. Um, I'm not quite sure what that – got to quickly figure out what that average is out to. But he's going to eclipse by far on the pace that he's on right now uh, the targets that he had last year. Now, granted, he needs to stay healthy. Uh, The the 43 targets were in 13 games. um, But there's no question that the Raiders need to make sure that he gets those – Uh, he's gotten seven targets the last two games, each of the last two games. I think that that's, that's a a pretty good comfort level right there for him, uh, to, to be able to, to do some damage. Um, where do you fall on that?
2: I'm with you. I'm with you. I think that's, you know, the, you look at what he was averaging last year around, you know, three, roughly, you know, close to three and a half targets a game. That's flat numbers closer to six and a half this year. So almost doubling his targets. And it just, it, again, it just signals the growth. Um, like you said, you have to manage that. There is some there there is, you know, some balance in the offense. You want to make sure you spread the ball around to your other playmakers as well. But just with his speed uh, and with his, you know, with his ability to to get deep and get vertical and to make big plays, he just adds a dynamic to this offense um that not many teams have with with somebody that fast so like you said i think it's about kind of managing things with him and then as as the season rolls on cuz we're only 3 games in of course, there's going to be continued growth and improvement throughout the course of the season or you would think and, and new and new ways that the Raiders can scheme up to get him the ball or allow him to be an impact player or make an impact play. so yeah I think it's just it's been very impressive and, and his growth is, is certainly paramount to the explosiveness that we've seen from this offense so far and I'm going to use that word explosive Derek Cars the, the, the league leader of passing yards by a country mile right now it's not even close so uh, that doesn't happen without having explosive playmakers around him.
1: Yeah, uh, and it looks like um he's on pace for uh yeah, he's he's doubling it right now. He's 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 averaging uh, just over 6 targets per game. If you project that over 17 games, that's over 100 uh targets. Last year he was right around 3 um a little over 3 targets uh per game in the 13 games. So it just shows you that uh a little more can go a long way um when you're talking about Henry Ruggs and I think that that's something that the Raiders really need to Um, stay on top of I know every game kind of evolves a little bit differently but if you can start getting the ball uh, targeting or or, or targeting um, Henry Ruggs in that six seven uh, per game uh, range he's going to do some damage eventually because he's just that good Uh, and as you mentioned uh, Derek Carr throwing for as many yards uh, as he has I think that that's it's a little bit of a double-edged sword right there Um, granted uh, great that he can Produced that level of number um, and and granted that he's capable uh, of of being able to execute, uh, you know, uh, throwing it that many times and trying to avoid, you know, mistakes. We saw one yesterday, uh, but for the most part, he's been able to be on target and, and, you know, uh, and keep the chains moving. But I think ideally, I don't think the Raiders want to be in that world necessarily uh, where he's got to throw for 300 uh, yards or more to win a football game. Um, and, and or to make sure that offense functions well enough to win a football game, uh, I, I think they need to really start focusing. And I know that they are, uh, but getting that run game in order. There's, you know, Alex Leatherwood. I thought started playing a little bit better toward uh, as the game went on yesterday. There's still some some uh, some issues uh, in pass protection. Uh, he's given up three sacks this year. Uh, he's given up, I think, thirteen pressures this year. Uh, that was an area that the Raiders understood you know, uh, was a work in progress for Alex. He's still grading out reasonably well on the run game. He could do better in there. But uh, I think getting that that offensive line stabilized from the injury perspective and just getting them playing more and more uh, is going to help. And, and, and for sure, it'll help to get Josh Jacobs back. But if they can, f- you know, kind of, kind of um, be able to bottle what they found in that second half last year with the run game or excuse me yesterday with that run game uh, and, and for it to maybe carry over uh, into some other games, uh, that would be a huge, huge deal.
2: For sure. And we, there was an understanding, I think, at least you and I know we thought you know the offensive line was one of the things that we were both keeping an eye on as the season started. Of course, a, a totally new unit, and then you talk about the injuries uh, where you where you lose the you know the veteran Richie Incognito who's now on IR, one of the anchors, and, and there are some some shuffling and whatnot. Uh, Yeah, it's going to take some time. I think it's going to take some time to to gel, and we're seeing that happen in real time. Again, I thought the the line was better, um, much better, like you said, yesterday in the second half as the game wore on. They were able to run the ball more effectively, and and then Derek Carr, of course, had a cleaner pocket to throw uh, uh, where where he could throw after – being hurried earlier in the game. So that's just going to take time and reps. And, you know, Tom Cable, one of the best offensive line coaches in the business, uh, you know, credit him for figuring things out to this point. I think it's on him and, and on the young offensive linemen to continue to improve. And I expect that they will. Uh, and when they do, and, and when there is more balance, like you said, I think there is going to, it's going to take this offense um, to another level and take some of that onus off of Derek Carr, even though, like you said, he's been more than up for the task through three games. So with that said, Vinny, um, The the grind doesn't stop. This is a huge game next week. The Chargers just went into Arrowhead Stadium and knocked off Kansas City. In rather impressive fashion, Justin Herbert, we understand what he brings as one of the best quarterbacks in the league. What is it going to take for the Raiders in that matchup to move to 4-0 before we get out of here?
1: Yeah, I think that, um, you know, uh, this is uh, is a huge game. No question about it. Uh, The Chargers are a good football team. I've been saying that for a while. Uh, I think they're going to be... I think they're, the coaching staff uh, is sharp, um, you know, uh, and 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 got them playing with a belief. You don't know, go to Kansas City uh, without a conviction, um, you know, and, and win a football game, and that's certainly what the Chargers did yesterday. So they're coming off a sky high performance uh, against the defending AFC championship uh, t- champions in their house. Um, you know, Justin Herbert out duelled Patrick Mahomes. Um, you know, I'm not completely sold on the Kansas City Chiefs right now. I think there's some flaws there uh, that you just you know, it's hard to fix the type of flaws that they have during a season because I think a lot of it is just a straight out talent issue uh, defensively, and they're going to have to get that uh, get that fixed. Uh, and I think it puts a lot of pressure on uh, on Patrick Mahomes to just feel like he has to be a magician out there, and sometimes that leads to mistakes. So we'll keep an eye on on the Chiefs, but certainly the the, the Chargers uh, are an interesting opposition for for the Raiders, and I I, I am curious and interested. Um, to see how it all plays into Gus Bradley, um, who spent the last four years in Los Angeles, now granted it was an entirely different staff uh, with the chargers so there's a they're doing things a little bit differently offensively, uh, but it 's still a lot of the same players and a lot of the same kind of tendencies and uh wonder what Gus has up his sleeve in terms of knowledge uh, of the of the chargers and that goes to himself ron Miles, Richard smith the uh, linebackers coach it goes to denzel perryman it goes to casey hayward uh there's a there's a big time chargers element in the raiders locker room right now that you would think uh should serve them pretty well uh against the chargers but i'm interested to see what the atmosphere is like at sofi stadium i uh, would imagine there's going to be a lot of Raider fans uh, at that game. So we'll see if the Raiders can turn that into a, a home game uh, for them uh, at SoFi stadium. But boy, I'll tell you what, if the Raiders could go on the road to Los Angeles uh, and win a huge game against an AFC West uh, division foe uh, and, and, you know, uh, take a little bit of control of this, of this division. Now there's always the Denver Broncos still lurking at three and O kind of dubious about how, um, how uh, meaningful that 3 and 0 is given who they've played but nevertheless they're 3 and 0 but this is a huge game for the for the raiders and uh i can't wait to see it sam
2: afc west many nine wins between the four teams combined that's the most in the nfl this is a loaded i mean is this this might be a loaded division. With the, I mean, with the, of course the Chiefs. Like you said, they have issues, but we're not going to count them out. The Chargers look to be improved. The Raiders obviously improved. And like you said, De- Denver with uh, with Teddy Bridgewater doing his thing. Um, like you said, not the best competition per se, but three and zero is three and zero nonetheless. So uh, the division seems to be. To be really, really solid as a whole, like you said, I'm I'm really excited uh, for this matchup as well. Glad it's in prime time. This is a showcase game that's designed to showcase two teams with great starts. I think the, from the Raiders' perspective, uh, I, I know this is sounds pretty obvious, but I think you got to get to Justin. You got to find a way to get to Justin Herbert, and we know that there have been line issues in the past with in LA. That, that last year he was super vulnerable to pressure to being sacked. It's been a little better this year, but I think the Raiders are still going to have some openings and some opportunities. Um, to speed them up and and then offensively. we we know what the Raiders are capable of. I think this game might be you know this this could this has shootout potential, could be high scoring where there's gonna be some opportunistic defenses, but it's a, it's a fantastic matchup nonetheless. and and like you said, if the Raiders go to four and O, oh, uh, and can seize control of this division earlier as much control as possible early on. I think that would be huge, but it, it's a, it's a big time game and I expect it to be very competitive and very close.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and we will uh, have it all for you, uh, at some point, uh, next week. Uh, maybe we'll be able to, uh, um, we'll figure something out, uh, and get it to you as quickly as possible. Uh, the, the, first and 10, uh, podcasts, uh, in reaction to that game. Uh, but, uh, uh, until then, uh, and until next week, just want to say thank you, guys, for uh, for listening and for supporting. Uh, it means a lot. You're why we do this. Uh, I know I speak uh, on Sam's behalf and everybody here at Vegas Nation. Uh, thanking you for the uh, for the support. It really goes uh, a long way, and uh, we're going to keep uh, working hard uh, to. Uh, to show our appreciation and justify uh, the support that you're giving us. Sam, uh, thanks so much. Uh, have a great week. I will talk to you next week and obviously see you out at the uh, Raiders facility this week. I uh, want to also say thanks uh, to our great producer, Larry Muir, uh, Larry Muir, uh, who's always uh, doing his thing and making this sound good putting us out there on time. I uh, want to say thanks to our sponsors, Station Casinos, STN Sports, and also our presenters, uh, Blue Wire and Tick pick and obviously the Las Vegas Review your journal for all the support that they show us. Sam, we'll see you next week, man. Sounds good, Vinny. Take it easy.
0: Locals know the STN Sports app is the most trusted sports betting app in Nevada. They have convenient sign-up locations across Las Vegas. So download the STN Sports app today. Download and get a bonus up to $500 when you sign up at any of our convenient locations.